Republican DC consultant class, they'd like to think they're above their base that they think are just a bunch of dumb yeah. rednecks. But you know what? They've decided that they're becoming more and more like them every single day. So this week we had uh, Kevin McCarthy was accused of elbowing one of his members who voted against right him. Right in the kidneys. Right in the kidneys. And it was perfect because he did it right in front of a NPR report. <laughs> so who immediately you know, tweeted about it. Yeah, yeah. And that video of McCarthy reacting to it, it was just like perfect. Like no one believed him. <laughs> you could, they could not have, it could not have been cast better were it a stage play. Just yeah. the who me? The rising mm -hmm. voice and his denials. The, oh, yeah. yeah, it was like uh, Nelson Muntz. <laughs> hardly putting an effort into seeming convincing uh, disavowals mm -hmm. of violence. The rolling of the eyes with the, paired with the smirk. I mean, just... Mm. If I tried to hit someone, they would know that I did. They would know. <laughs> okay. And then we had Mark Wayne Mullen, the uh, senator from Oklahoma, who uh, challenged a witness in a hearing, a union leader, uh, to a fight right in front of him. And a former MMA fighter or something, right? He is. Yep. Yeah. He was. He was complaining that Sean O'Brien, the Teamsters president, was uh, was saying mean things to him on Twitter, and that's what he wanted to fight about. But somebody who dug up and found the old tweet and it, was, <laughs> and it looks like that he, yeah. Mullen was mad because he had put a he had posted a picture of on Twitter of, of Mullen uh standing on a box <laughs> at a podium like, yeah he couldn't reach yep. the microphone yeah so yeah so that's probably what it really was and, and then and Mullen proceeded to go on pretty much any show that would book him mm -hmm. and talk about how He's just reviving what used to be kind of a tradition in the Senate of canings and beatings. He, he, <laughs> he, he admitted that he's down to bite. He will bite in a fight. He will fight dirty. He will resort to whatever he needs. Just a remarkable, yeah. just yeah. a remarkable group of people. Those are well, the people and, and those are the people. Yeah, they, they deserve to run America. They totally do, right? <laughs> and that whole caning remark, it's like the that was literally one of the things that got the Civil War started <laughs> was when somebody did that, the, the uh, Charles Sumner and the caning. Yeah, we should return to the age of, of duels, which is it's a reiteration of kind of what we've heard from the right in general lately, that this, this kind of macho, like bring back fisticuffs, bring back... Mm -hmm. gunslinging bring back bare yeah. knuckled brawls on the senate floor mm -hmm. it's absurd and it's ridiculous and it's like they're willing willingly turning themselves into the jerry springer caucus that's what they're doing <laughs> but it, it's more serious though there's that famous book by hannah arend 
the banality of evil, which kind of talks about how a lot of things that people realized in retrospect were these horrible atrocities by the Nazis. At the time they were being perpetrated, they were just bureaucracy. Like how everyone has their, she talks about how everyone has their role within it. Mm -hmm. Everyone is just, everyone's being good Germans by just kind of doing their job, but they're part of a, part of a larger ecosystem mm -hmm. of genocide, right? And Yeah, um, but in this case, yeah. like, it's like you could write a sequel to that book of the, you know, the idiocracy of evil. <laughs> yeah. And because like movie, that's. But, but great um, portmanteau. Yeah. Yeah. It was like one of those movies have where you, the have scenario. Have you watched that movie in, recently? Have you revisited that movie in recent years? I haven't watched it recently, but I do. I do feel like you might be right about that. Um, Go back and watch it. I watched it within the last year just because uh -huh. I was like, there's so much I've forgotten about that movie. It's a, I just want to have some yucks and God, is it incredibly unfunny, works against its own message, is so, it thinks it's so much smarter than it is, it pushes these mm -hmm. really elitist politics, engages in some of the fucking worst sort of like stereotyping about like the dumb pores, and just overall just is lazy comedy. Not a good movie. Mm -hmm. I think when everyone uses it, they've just forgotten it's been enough time to blot out the actual movie itself. Yeah, well, there, I mean, there's there and there definitely are a bunch of movies that are that way, like Weekend at Bernie's. Or... I, that, I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, honestly. OK, it's well, there's that one. That everything about it, but yeah. Yeah, no, or or like then there's another movie now that no one saw this movie, Wag the Dog. Oh, yeah, the movie. I actually saw that movie. I remember the only thing I remember from it now is Kirsten Dunst being dressed up as like a babushka. So they can create yeah. the idea of bombs raining down on her. That's literally all. I, I but I don't remember it being terrible. But it's been so long. Oh yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying it's terrible. It's like the only thing people remember about Wag the Dog is a politician starting a war yeah. to distract from a scandal. Like that's all we know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And like, I guess as a filmmaker, is it better to be remembered your work to be remembered as just a meme? I guess rather than not at all. Probably. I think so. I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, and it was, but I guess maybe from a, a cinema standpoint, they it, they might feel insulting to be reduced to that. <laughs> Perhaps um, I don't think that's true of Mike Judge or whoever. I mean, whoever directed. Oh, Beavis and Butthead. Those people weren't like just to be done. Those people were just like. There's some comedy ate it up. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that is, though, the kind of the manifestation, this ongoing public psychosis of the Republican Party. It just yeah. is continuing to spill out into mm. every possible way. Like it's uh, and, and like you see it in how they treat each other and also how they want to treat everybody else. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like the yeah, I mean, it's like the, the policies that they advocate advocate. For, but like now to see them turn on each other, it's just it's just like a pit of dogs, rabid dogs. Because dogs are all good boys. I don't. I didn't need that. Don't, yeah, you need to say sorry to dogs, Kelly. Sorry, <laughs> dogs. You're a cat. You're a cat person. <laughs> I am actually not. I am much more of a dog person. But I oh. live in New York in an, in an apartment, and so oh, oh okay. Cats, but I absolutely, obviously, I adore my cats. But 
poem. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with dogs and poem. I grew well for them. <laughs> yes, they are great. But uh, let's say a pit of a, a pit of snakes. There you go. <laughs> there, better use that. Get take the other one out. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to leave that whole little exchange there because it's funny. And, and anyway, so they're doing it to each other, but they also want to do it to everybody else, as I said. And and like that's kind of the project that they are all working on now with with this their plans for for what they want Trump to do. If yeah, he I mean, the psychopathy the in the at the lower levels is just indicative of the psychopathy of the guy mm-hmm. essentially behind the curtain running the show at this point. Yeah, yeah, really. And and like, I mean, pretty much all of the Republican policy apparatus is involved in trying to cash in on this stuff. And like, they've got all these groups are like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to advocate that. And we're going to, this has become their obsession. And it's like, they know, again, like the demographics are against them, but of course they don't work unless people actually vote there's that but nonetheless like they're trying to pile as much fascism as they can to try to rig the system permanently for themselves and people it's a little bit frustrating i guess seeing uh, some of the news media reporting on this subject because it's like they all pretend that it's just this new scoop that they've gotten it's like out there on the internet everyone Uh, (laughs) like you can go and download what they want to do and I don't know. I mean, do does the average person I care about the federal bureaucracy? I don't. I don't. I know. mean, I think they. I think if people were scrutinizing things at all and didn't and had the time and energy to do that, I think that if people had the time or energy after a long day at their job where they are overworked and underpaid, yeah, I think they would think it's really scary. The stuff that Trump quite specifically is posing, and again, he is very, very far ahead of any of his rivals, is he just essentially wants to install, and his team has at least been pretty transparent about this with reporters on background, even though they're publicly trying to push back on some of the reporting that they handed folks um, just days ago or within the last week along with the Heritage Foundation, which obviously has been installing people in government since Reagan's days, right? They are putting together this database of $22 million they're spending on this database of the pre-vetted folks to install in the Trump regime. And Oracle is lending their technology to it. They're planning to, I mean, they want to have 20,000 people, they're plumbing people's social media platforms. A lot of them are people who were loyalists to Trump from, from his first term, but, mm-hmm. you know, just also people that they think could be in those roles who will be loyal and who are ready to push his hardline policies on every front. And I think there was a piece, I can't remember which article I was reading, but what was notable is that whoever wrote this piece went out of their way to mention the fact that this does not look exactly like Trump's first term. These are people who are experienced, um, that are smart, that will actually get the work done. The kind of incompetence that we saw in terms of carrying out Trump's plans the first time would probably, the thing that saved us in a lot of ways, would not be there for this group of people. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just think it's really terrifying. I mean, he's, yeah. he's basically, I mean, he, he issued that 
um, executive order uh, initially that Biden rescinded that was going to reclassify a bunch mm-hmm. of federal workers because it, he couldn't just summarily fire anyone that he wanted. So they would reissue that executive order so that he could just wantonly pot- fire people and replace them with, again, Trump loyal loyalists and partisans who will yeah. carry out his agenda. The kind of stuff that he's proposing for immigration is really frightening. I mean, these what you would say, I mean, you, we were writing back and forth with each other and, and you called them concentration camps and that's essentially what they are we've seen this before these mm-hmm. deportation centers that they will hold people in he wants to try to institute this program where he's gonna somehow remove millions of folks who are already here and undocumented and hold them in this place mm-hmm. and, and get rid of any kind of right to trial that they currently have so they can so that he can speed along the process he wants to create crazy freedom cities that's what he's calling them, freedom cities, like Tennessee yeah. cities that he describes that they're going to have. I mean, the wackadoodleness involved in this, <laughs> aside from just the idea that yeah. he's just going to create the, this, arbitrarily create these places around the country on federal land somehow, but that they're going to mm-hmm. include flying cars and that they're going to pay dividends to couples that are willing to procreate. Now, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any disclaimer saying that that will only be for white couples, but I'm going to assume that that's the only folks <laughs> that the money would be earmarked for. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's going to pull out of the Paris Accords again. Oh, just uh, I can't believe that I forgot this. He wants to have Congress basically codify into law the idea that there are only two genders which has all kinds of, would create all kinds of collateral damage. And a, a lot of this obviously is like untested in terms of legalities. And if it were, if he tried to institute this stuff, obviously we'd see a lot of pushback, but just the fact that they have yeah. like created this agenda, it is over the top and it's incredibly frightening. And I think if more people were aware of even some of the details of it, like throwing people in jail for being homeless. Yeah. Well, well that, and that's it. A- yeah. And, and well, and then also that they, you know, they're talking about getting rid of the the birthright citizenship yeah. idea as well. Yeah, and I, then... I idea that it almost feels like he borrowed from Vivek Ramaswamy. Like Vivek Ramaswamy was running to the right of Trump, who I think is now literally pilfering ideas from. There's like an awful, this awful mm. kind of exchange between the two of them where they're just swapping the worst ideas. Yeah. Well, and yeah, to be honest, like I've always thought that. Ramaswamy was in the race to make Trump look better and more moderate, actually. Um, be his VP, potentially. I, I, I initially thought yeah. he wouldn't take the job because he said he wouldn't, but I don't I don't think there's anything that puts that guy in the spotlight. I think oh, enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, there's no way Trump would give it to him, I don't think. No, not. Yeah. I do want to just also just kind of emphasize, because one of the things that for some reason wasn't highlighted in every piece that I saw, but is mm-hmm. one of the scariest flashpoints of this aside from I think the immigration stuff is that he wants to flood cities like Chicago with the National Guard which is a thing he proposed in the past but and this isn't after a you know something goes off this is cities that he deems too violent which we know is going to always mean cities where black folks are in the majority Mm -hmm. or or form Mm. A significant part of the populace that's going to be flooded with law enforcement. He suggested that cops should be able to shoot people who are shoplifting, that he would like to have that. Well, and also that, that shop owners could do it too as well. Oh, wow. Um, I wasn't even aware of that. 
Yeah. yeah. And, um, and also well, just the death penalty yeah. for drug drug traffickers, mm-hmm. which I mean, I know that Trump has had in the past has been has said glowing things about Duterte in the Philippines, mm-hmm. who's also called the Trump of the East. But like, that's what he literally mm-hmm. does there. And Trump has co-signed that policy and said that he wanted to institute it here. And that's the thing they would actually move to do if he yeah. were to reassume the pres- presidencies. Ultimately, this is the Republican Party becoming a militarized uh, party. Like that's that's what they're doing. Like they're the the, the old limited government sort of uh, corporate libertarianism that was able to rule it to some degree or another at the top. Like that, this is not what they they've permanently abandoned. That they they want to be a fascistic party. Like. And people should not be afraid of saying that. The Republican Party, when political scientists have plotted the Democrats and the Republicans and all major world political parties on a graph about their ideology and respect about democratic institutions, the Republican Party is one of the most extreme parties in the world. Mm -hmm. And the news media needs to not be afraid to say that. But but, they're so dependent on Republican sourcing that they don't. And like, that's the real reason people are frustrated by it about why doesn't the media tell the truth about Republicans because the Republicans give them so many of their stories. Like they are right. the biggest leakers I mean, in BC. media is what it sounds like. So yeah, yeah, you don't burn people that are handing you stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And these journalists, access journalists, they need to understand they're the first targets of these, of these fascist yeah, Republicans absolutely. is the free press because nothing else can get done until you manage to get them to grovel at your feet and censor them. And I I think that just related to this generally, the only way that Trump is actually interested in any of this stuff, because he is absolutely could not give less of a shit about politics or policy, but the only way that he's actually interested or invested in any of this stuff is mm-hmm. to the extent that it allows him to seek revenge. I mean, because Trumpism is in and of itself in a, in a much larger way in terms of the base, seeking revenge mm. against those they think have taken something from them. And and for Trump, mm. this is extremely personal, right? So, so much of this for him, the part, piece that he's most interested in is being able to jail folks who he thinks have, you know, betrayed him or weren't loyal mm. to him, or, I mean, he's going to go after- Didn't do what he said. <laughs> prosecutor, federal prosecutors, probably, right? I think people that he perceives as having stood in the way of his agenda in the past, it, FBI folks, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you talked about he... executing Millie or General Millie also. Oh, yeah. Missed that one. But yeah, anyone that he describes as part of the deep state, which is an ever widening group of people, uh, mm-hmm. according to him, pretty yeah. much anyone who who has who Trump perceives as having slighted him in any way is, is a member mm. of that group. Yeah. Yeah. And another way this sort of authoritarian impulse is manifesting is in right-wing media against each other as well. Right-wingers are very angry at American Jews because they're not voting for Republicans, and they haven't. And so, and and this, by the way, really... this is an ongoing thing. I mean, Donald Trump yeah. has called American Jews who voted against him that they are not actually Jewish, that they have betrayed mm-hmm. their faith. I mean, he's talked about this previously. This is before yeah. this sort of heightened moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and they think that that Jewish people should view the right wing Netanyahu government and 
Israel as something that they're part of and have to defend and support, which is absolutely insane. It's no different than somebody saying that an American has to support whoever's the president. Like, that's bullshit. And, and, and American Jews don't buy into that. I mean, it really fucking pisses them off. And, and we're seeing that just really come to the surface lately with Charlie Kirk going out there. And I mean, they're, they're taking the mask off. Like this whole act about, oh, we care about and support Israel. It's total bullshit. Like they like Israel because they see it as a white ethno state. And it's their inspiration. That's why they like it. It has nothing to do with protecting people from anti-Semitism. Well, and for some of the more religious members of of right-wing mm-hmm. media, those of, who are like genuinely invested in that stuff, like it's the place where the Messiah is going to return to. And before he decimates most of those Jews and gives them an opportunity to, at the last minute, become Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that Hagee was at that march this weekend and that his group gives John Hagee, the right-wing pastor, yeah. Yeah, the pastor that he was um, involved in the march this week. I mean, he said awful things. I mean, it's not as if it's not. These have been well-publicized. Horrible quotes Mm -hmm. thanking Hitler. A lot of the folks who are in support of, who are openly supporting Israel, certainly the evangelicals are doing so for their own selfish messianic ends. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You've got... These horrible two motivations behind why yeah. right-wing Americans support Israel. But even those haven't been enough recently for to not say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, uh, and they have been saying it out loud. I mean, look, the entire white mm-hmm. genocide theory that we've talked about is built on this idea. I know we're going to talk a bit about Tucker Carlson and him propagating mm-hmm. that even further in a much more transparent way. But we've heard so much from the right wing in recent years with this conspiracy minded thinking where they are co- consistently implicating bankers and globalists and, and that all of that, all of that is just code for the Jews. Despite the fact that Tucker Carlson has obviously spent the last few years pushing white genocide, mm. right? That whole thing. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, he has never pushed it so nakedly and mm-hmm. literally said the Jews. Right. He's he's always mm-hmm. referred to it as the Democrats or the liberals are doing yeah. this. But in this, he, he, he says that the, the Jews have an anti-white agenda. If the biggest donors at, say, Harvard have decided, well, we're going to shut it down now. Where were you the last 10 years when they were and going for the white question. genocide? You were allowing this. And then I found myself really hating those people, actually. that You're OK with that? On what grounds were you OK with that? And I, this is what I've been trying to explain to the pro-Israel lobby, that what you are seeing is a lack of support, is people that are asking the question is, where were you yeah. <laughs> as we have endured all of you this? You were paying for it, actually. Right. You were paying for it. You were, you were paying for it. Because you were, were calling okay my children immoral for their skin color. You paid for that. Yeah, and and so why shouldn't I be mad at you? I don't understand. And so that is, you know, obviously you have a, a ton of white people that are asking this question and they're now being called anti-Semitic. And I think that that's wrong. I think these are meaningful questions that deserve to be answered. Why was this uh, this sort of verbiage allowed into the curriculum? I mean, could you imagine if in the curriculum it said that every every Jewish person born is a terrorist? To see Candace Owens nodding along, just uh, the fact that that girl thinks she doesn't live on the plantation, like... Uh, I don't know what plantation she lives on, but it is <laughs> steeped in all kinds of antebellum shit. And she just kind of really sounds me. It's pathetic. Yeah. And, you know, like, and I actually saw some of her earliest 
videos before anybody who before she even put her name on them. She was red pilled black. I, I've seen those name. videos. I remember yeah. when she was still yeah. going by red pill black. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, the fact that she became, I thought she was just like this kind of side character that I talked to people about because I couldn't believe she existed. And she <laughs> seemed very like she was grifting, right? That this was like a shock value thing that was going to get her attention. The fact that she is now so visible and she's been giving it such a huge platform on the right is, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because there's nothing the right loves more than black people who are willing to give them carte blanche to say whatever they want and to deflect from their racism. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's like, God, she's, I mean, it's, I don't know, it just speaks to how little they actually care about who they promote yeah as long as yeah there. well and like no and like and that, that yeah well and like she can say the things that they all believe but they can't say in public because people would rightfully recognize that as racism but, right, and she can also say when they say those things that are racist that it isn't mm -hmm. racist that they are just speaking truth about a mm -hmm. a community that is mm-hmm completely yep. fucked up and culturally needs desperate help. Yeah. You well, and then things and make it seem as if the black community has, has also signed on with them mm -hmm. or a segment of right thinking uh, black folks have, have signed on with them. But anyway, yeah. we digress. It's, yeah. a, it's been a meaty week, a very meaty week. Yeah. Well, and then, and then of course, Elon Musk is also jumping on the train with this white genocide, cultural Marxist, bullshit anti-semitism and he was saying on he he was replying to some random right-wing anonymous twitter user who had said basically i well jews you got it you brought this on yourself in israel no one is going to feel sorry for you because you're just a bunch of assholes and you deserve it and like he whatever you think you speak the truth you speak the truth yeah and like whatever you think about the israel palestine situation the idea that that people deserve to be murdered, civilians deserve to be murdered, like that's really horrible. But according to Elon Musk, that's the truth. It's the truth. And he tried to slightly back away from it uh, a bit later, but you know, people weren't weren't having it. And can you, you talk about because I, I didn't see I didn't see him his his backpedaling. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh sure. Yes. After saying that this guy had uh, spoken the truth, then. Musk came back later to reply to another person, some guy named Colin Wright. Uh, I'm sure he's some right-wing influencer. I've never heard of him. Who, who was saying that decolonization is the woke version of jihad, and it should be viewed and treated that way. And then Elon it, Musk... It says if he... Well, sorry, I just want to interject that that is precisely what he was told to say by Christopher Rufo, who said you should write conservative should make links between decolonization mm -hmm. theory, Hamas, the American left, BLM, DSA. So he's just following mm -hmm. the script. Yep. Yeah. And you and you uh, pointed that out. I think it was last week, wasn't it? Or the week before? Um, yeah, I mean, they're running with their mandates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's so offensively stupid. Like, I, we do have to just re remark that, that the idea that wanting to have change your textbooks <laughs> is somehow equivalent to religious terrorism. And anyway, so Elon Musk replied back to that. Yes, decolonization necessarily implies a Jewish genocide. 
Thus, it is unacceptable to any reasonable person. But it, it's just barely a walk back. And it's just like this, this ideology. And, and I talked about it on my Theory of Change podcast this week. This, this, he's, he's gotten sucked into this form of post-libertarianism called Tescrealism. And it's like, it is like sort of the, it's Ayn Rand in space is what it is. And they have basically, like, they really believe that, like, he he's fully embraced that he is Howard Rourke, uh, the character in Ayn Rand, who, who she modeled after a murderer, by the way. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, Gain. That's right. This guy that killed a teenage girl. And she wrote rapturously about him in her private journals. That he was, he was, yeah. She loved that he thought solely of his his own self, his own desires, mm-hmm. breathlessly. Yeah, yeah. This, and this like, is who Ayn Rand was thought was should inspire us all. Yeah, yeah. A guy who c- killed a teenage girl and then cut her body up into pieces. cut her body in half, put her in a car in front of her parents' house. So that they could only see her profile, told them that he had her. I mean, if you go down your yeah. own Edward Gaines serial killer um, yeah. rabbit hole, but just the fact that objectivism is inspired by that should tell you from the very beginning it reeked. Yeah, and Whitaker Chambers, the former communist who later wrote for National Review, he he reviewed Atlas Shrugged at the time, and he could see it. And like his his tagline on it was that the overwhelming message of Atlas Shrugged is to the gas chamber go. And it remains, I think, the most adequate summation of that philosophy. Because like they market themselves as, oh, we're against coercion, we're against authoritarianism, but ultimately they're against government doing things and the people having any say in things. And meanwhile, businesses and CEOs or whatever, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. And and I do think maybe to some degree that might be part of why you don't see more journalism that's appropriately labeling things and putting it in the bigger context. Because like to a lot of journalists, they're like, yeah, everybody already knows this. And so I don't need to say it. But, you know, it's still the case. You have to confront, make people confront this stuff. And, 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 and And people I know, like they, they get angry at me when I tell them that the Republican Party is fascist. You know that it is. They, again, that they're, they want to imprison millions of people. They want to take away the rights of people who are not Christians. They want to let people shoot random people on the street if they feel unsafe. And which is, of course, just going to be an invitation, open invitation to racial violence. And that's, and to be honest, like, that's what a lot of them want like the the activists, like they fantasize about this shit. And we talk about this ourselves here and there. Like it's still, it is important to get people to realize how horrible this is and what they want. And it's definitely takes a toll on the journalists who cover these matters and are concerned about them. But yeah, like people, somebody has to do it. And it's meant to exhaust you. I mean, so much of yeah. it is its intent is to exhaust you and scramble your brain and create chaos and leave you feeling bereft. And and there are moments when it gets the best of us. Yeah, but ultimately we do have to remember these guys are losing, but to stay on it. And an example of how the good guys are winning came just a few days ago when Marlon Wayans went 
public to talk about that he has a, a transgender child and when transgender in, son, yeah. Yeah. And when and did it on the Breakfast Club. Like that used to be the kind of like the last place you, you would expect somebody to be able to do something like that. And 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 it was was a good moment for that. And I'm glad that he stood up in that way and supported his son and and did it in a public way because there is just so much awfulness. My 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 trans friends, it's the just the pure hatred that is dished out to them every single day yeah. um, that they have to deal with. Like my heart really goes out to them, and so that's why I did want to mark what he had done and 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 say that that's great and like things yeah. are changing for the better for people. And I mean, that's why the spasms are happening on the right, right? Is this the, this cultural shift that's happening? And the fact that he's going to make—I mean, he's—I think he's a really capable comedian. I've I've seen some of his stand-up mm. stuff and like he said he's going to make this like the centerpiece of his next special and that's great i'm sure it will be about the entire process mm. of it and yeah it's almost like a comedy mm. and a tool at the same time so that's awesome yeah and and such a welcome contrast to dave Chappelle on these matters yeah um, absolutely yeah. it's such a counter to this idea that we live in this time where comedians can't make things funny anymore because to touch on all these quote unquote woke topics, you mm. can't talk about them. It's like, no, it's, I'm sorry that you're a dinosaur that isn't able to change with the times. But if you are mm -hmm. thinking about things and kind of shifting with the times, then there are, there's still like humor in all mm -hmm. the things that you pretend are, are too hot to touch. It's just that you people find respectful ways of talking about them. I mean, he's probably going to talk about mistakes he made and things mm -hmm. that he thought that were ridiculous. And how, I mean, that's, that's an awesome way to kind of like discuss that stuff openly and mm -hmm. talk about something that these other comedians pretend that to even discuss is verboten. It's just, it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is a great, a great point, Kelly, because so many comedians, they actually don't do comedy what they do is they make ref they reference stereotypes and people some people think it's funny and the, but like that's the but that's not that's not real humor it's not comedy it's not it's just you saying these people that i don't like are dumb and that's not funny and like yeah, and, and so laugh with me at them yeah and what those comedians are really complaining about is the fact that they, they were able to make easy lazy jokes that Basically use yeah. stereotypes instead of actual humor as a way of getting a cheap laugh from an audience. And now they can't punch down anymore. And they're angry that they have to maybe think more critically about their material. And that's- They have so to work for a living. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the best comedians though are really refute that idea. Like someone like Eddie Murphy has said that he thinks it's total bullshit. Like he's really, mm -hmm. he feels really bad about the material that he made in the past and that there are plenty of ways in which he can make jokes now and there's a slew of comedians that as a I mean I think we're both a little comedy nerdy you and I like there's tons of people mm -hmm. that are doing great stuff and even toying with some of the stuff that seems risky in really smart ways people that have been doing that stuff forever Hari Kondabolu mm -hmm. like I mean that mm -hmm. there have always been people that have been working in really smart good ways yeah so he's just he's just going to be doing more of that but in a using a really personal subject as a yeah ad. And I think it's great yeah and it's like the comedians have to go out of their comfort zone that's what this really is. It's not the audience. Yeah. And 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 that's why some of them don't like it. I so, love that yeah. point that they used to force audiences to do that, and now it forces the comedian to do it. Yeah. So hats off to yeah. Marlon Wayans. 
All right. Well, I think that will do it for this recording. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. See you later. Rising up, what a way.